morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Fans with me, Robert. With me, Pete. My lap Mo. Out here. Alright, let's get into it. So um, who's gonna be on Sorry Not Sorry? You again. Oh, yeah, it has to be. This is two episodes. Sorry guys, we had te- technical difficulties. We lost the last episode, like literally just coming up to the end. Yeah. Literally just coming up to the end. Um, um But don't worry, there's still co- conversations to be had. God was trying to save one of us from getting in trouble. <laughs> I don't think it was me. I think I was, I was, pretty, pretty, I was pretty safe. <laughs> Probably me, to be fair. All right. Uh, so Mo's in the hot seat this week. Sorry, not sorry, is our apologetic section where we, you know, throw some conv- some questions out yeah. um, that either believers or non-believers might have. And yeah. it's... F- um, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's for us to have a go at trying to defend the faith yeah. through the questions. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first, Peter? Um, yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, Mo, mm-hmm. so there have been, I don't know if we've asked this before, actually. Uh, we have asked this before. Um, where there are... No, 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 we've asked this before. Okay, so I'll ask it again. Mm-hmm. Where there are, like, little um, repeats of the story mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in other cultures... How do you... Nah, I feel like you've answered it. You answered it the well last time. I think he, he asked you it. Robert asked you it. No, I asked Robert. Oh, yeah, you did. About um, like where the story of Christ is in, it's found in other cultures. Mm-hmm. Not referring to Christ. I think I was talking about Osiris or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, what makes you believe in, in the Christian theology? Let's hear your version of the answer. Um, feel free to throw another question in. All right, cool. Yeah, make it fun. Um, so my initial, so I've got a few different uh, perspectives that mm. I come from. Um, so one of them is the devil knew that redemption was going to come through Jesus, and so it's not unlikely in an attempt to preempt it to give out that narrative Mm. beforehand to then almost shed doubt on the Christian message when it did come. Mm. Um, Now I have no like proof for that. This is just a perspective um, and not necessarily trying to say that those other, well, I guess if you're saying it's only Jesus who's the way, the truth and the life, then you're saying anything other than that isn't the way, the truth and the life. And Mm. it's it's a misconception. Um, So yes, and another thing as well, so that's one perspective where I, I believe that the enemy knew that God was going to come. Like, redemption was before the foundations of the earth, the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. And also um, Genesis 3.16, we we hear the pronouncement of the son um, of, over the servant where the son will crush, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Mm. And we, we foresee that, okay, that's pointing towards something. Mm. And all the way throughout the Old Testament, we, we see that pointing towards. Mm. And if the Old Testament and even the book of Job, which is um, understood to be the oldest book within the Bible. Um, now, we, we, I don't know when the date of that book, um, but for the gospel to have still been contained that 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 um Mm. that far back shows that there was there was still god's activity Mm. and for the narrative the biblical narrative of creation to start from the first couple and weave its way all the way through to present day almost Mm. shows god's hit god's work throughout human history and so and at the very beginning we see the devil's presence shows us that as God has been progressively working towards this redemptive, progressively working out his redemptive narrative, that the enemy has been progressively trying to work against it. Mm. And so it's not far-fetched to almost see as this is one way in which he's working against it. Mm. Um, So it's almost like this perspective almost seeks to throw dirt on the rest <laughs> and mm. say that ours is, is the best or ours is the cleanest. Mm. But the other perspective that I have as well is through Balaam, right. where Balaam wasn't part of the Jewish community, mm. 
but God was still speaking through him yeah. to the point where the Canaanite kings, I believe, believed that whoever he cursed would be cursed and whoever he blessed would be blessed. Yeah. And so they called him to curse the um, Jewish community so that they can go conquer them. Mm. And he was like, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do anything beyond what God has called me to do. Mm. And so God was actively at work within other communities, even as we see that through Balaam's life. Mm. Um, he's just one person who yeah. the Bible records. And you've got, you got the order of Melchizedek as well. Mel yep. Yeah. Who Abraham gave, gave the tithe to. Yeah. Um, and um, Job, when he was in Sodom and Gomorrah, even though he... Job. Job. No, not Job. Lot. <laughs> Lot. Man said Job. Lot when he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Even though he was greedy when he departed from Abraham. Like, mm. through Abraham, you've been blessed. Yeah. And even as you depart, you still sought your blessing over his. Um, yet, when the angels went into Sodom and Gomorrah, they found him righteous. Yeah. yeah. And so there were pockets of righteousness around that God was still honoring. And so, and even in the in the life of like um, Ishmael, mm. where God was like, I will bless you because you're uh, Abraham's child. Now we don't necessarily know, and I know that there's been some arguments in terms of like where his lineage is now ended up, has now ended up. But it's like there was still a divine blessing conveyed on him. And so mm. God's hand and mark was upon him. Mm. Um, so yeah, God's hand has been on people outside of the Jewish community. And he has spoken to people outside of the Jewish community, even to the point of um, Laban, Rachel's brother, mm -hmm. when he was pursuing Isaac. I believe it was Isaac. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Laban the uncle? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Re Rebecca's brother, but Isaac's uncle. Okay. Yeah. He was like, God came to him and said, do not touch him. Mm. And so God like revealed himself to him and so it's not beyond god to reveal himself to different people right. and in revealing himself to different people he reveals god communicates in a way that still honors the person's culture mm. so when um when the apostles would go to gentiles they would communicate in ways that were still attainable to them in their culture mm. so when paul went to um Areopagus or whatever. I've forgotten yeah. where the country yeah. was. He still appealed to them in a way that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like was Using familiar to their, their culture. Yeah. And, myths and, um, and even when Peter went to Cornelius, in as much as it was from a Jewish perspective, but he, he engaged them from a perspective of where they were at and explained the Jewish customs. Mm. And because Cornelius was aware of the Jewish customs, he was able to get that. There was a bridge there. And so I believe that God honors your culture. And so if you were Egyptian and because um, I know that there's an Egyptian story yeah. that kind of runs along the same narrative. Mm -hmm. If you were Egyptian and God communicated to you about the promised Messiah, I don't see it far fetched based on the biblical narrative, why he wouldn't use your culture to describe what he's about to do. Right. Mm. Okay. So yeah, that's, mm. so it's almost like a long winded way of kind of saying that it, it could either be from the devil as preemptive and trying to throw a shade on it, or it could be from God mm. in addressing people and saying, this is what I'm about to do. Mm. Whatever language you use, this is what I am about to do. Right, right, right. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Cool. That's, okay. A, that's an angle I didn't, I didn't, I've never heard, mm. which, which, I, which I do like. So it's good to repeat the question. I shall save the question that came up <laughs> for another one. Okay, so um, I don't think I, I don't think I want to like this. The, the smile on your face was a bit. No, this is this is just a, mm. just a gotcha. <laughs> nah. so God is all knowing. Mm -hmm. God is all powerful. Mm -hmm. um, he's given us all free will. Yeah. Um. So if God knew what Satan was going to do, why didn't He just reprogram him to not be become Satan and keep him as? Because if he reprogrammed angel. him, that wouldn't be free will. No, but so but has has he given angels free will as well? Yeah, because some of them chose to follow Satan. I thought well, the Piper doesn't believe that. So it's for yeah. So so, so it's quite question more like God God gives us free will because of His love for us. Mm -hmm. So does God? So I guess the first part part is did God give the angels free will because He loves the angels in the same way He loves humans, or is there? It, it, does he have like a love for angels that 
would require for him to give them free will. This this is interesting, and not because you said John Piper, because like, that's <laughs> that's irrelevant right now. But it's it's a sense in which it is granted that in the in human history, the Bible describes that even the angels are peering into it and are seeing God's glory as demonstrated through how he's acting here. So even through the lives and the interactions between God and, and man, the angels are starting to are allowed to capture greater glimpse of who God is. Um, and so that leads me to believe that just because you're in God's presence doesn't necessarily mean you know him. Okay. Even if you're an angel. Even if you're an angel. So it's like you will be captivated by his holiness, by his righteousness, by everything. So it's like you might be in the presence of a of a of an acclaimed musician or, or a famous fighter mm. and you will be in awe of him. Mm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you know him. Mm. You're you're in his presence and you're in awe of that presence. But it doesn't necessarily mean and I feel it might be the same in terms of the angels where like seraphim are like holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is filled with his glory. But that doesn't speak of his goodness. That doesn't speak mm. of his love. That doesn't speak of his father-like nature. Mm. It doesn't speak of like attributes. It speaks of like his majesty and who he is. Mm. So well, his majesty, but I'm, not necessarily of like yeah. I'm just thinking like, doesn't it say that like when we when we all go to heaven, we'll be like praising God like day and night. Yeah. So, so is isn't there like a an, a notion of because we're in God's presence, mm -hmm. that's what we are almost wired to do. And I think you cannot be in God's presence without recognizing his majesty, without recognizing just who he is. So it's like when you're in a place where the Shekinah glory of God is manifested, it's like worship is a different thing. You're, you, you feel like you're in his presence because his glory is manifested. And that triggers a level of worship that is almost galvanized by who he is, by you being in his presence. And I feel like the angels... So so what I'm trying to say is, being in his presence will lead you to worship him. Yes. But there is a sense in which now through the fall and through being given a measure of grace, we're getting to know him a lot more intimately that will almost not ground the worship, but gives it more weight because it's, it's like we have experienced him and we are worshiping him in his presence where the angels have almost, they're in his presence, but they haven't experienced him quite as we have because the angels that are worshiping him haven't tasted of his grace. So why are they worshiping him then? Because they're in his presence because God is a holy God. And so you, they're being you can't, forced to worship. They're, they're not being forced. forced to worship, but it's like by being in the very presence of God, you can't help but worship. So that's forced worship. Then. It's not worship. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, if you're, you being on earth, mm -hmm. you can't but remain on the ground. Gravity isn't, for, isn't like crushing you, but it's keeping you way down. On It's like, it, it's just, the root, the laws of gravity is such that it keeps everything grounded. Yeah. It isn't crushing you. But then I have no say on the laws of gravity. Yeah. In the same way the angels have no say in... So would you say, would you then say that gravity is almost violating your will? If you want to fly like R. Kelly. No one wants to fly like R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the laws of gravity are outside of what is in the control of me being human if that makes sense no it does it, it does make sense but i'll still argue no because part of being human is walking on earth and jumping and coming back down no because like that's the same rule for everything on, on no not for birds yeah if birds don't flap their wings they will come down but as birds they're they're made to flap their wings but they don't have to they don't have to but they're made to but then it's their choice whether they're going to fly or not. It's their choice whether you're going to breathe or not. No, you, you, you breathe. Um, then no, there's no choice. They flap their wings because it's part of who they are. They don't have to, but, but they don't have to flap their wings. If they, 
they could legit choose to like, walk along the, the they uh, could choose to walk but then they will be intentionally denying the fabric of what it means to be a bird no because no because you like pigeons walk as much as they do fly it, it, as pigeon, much as they do fly no but a pigeon is doesn't become I, feel, I think this, this argument is just going in circles. <laughs> can I maybe run a comb through it and see if we can make some sense? I don't know why you're scratching your head when you said run a comb. <laughs> low blow. <laughs> run my head over my my, my, my scalp. Um, no, so I, are you, are we saying it's not forced? It's, it's not forced to worship. It's worship out of recognition having been um, having been availed the opportunity to witness God's mm. glory in such a manner. So you're not saying that the angels are forced to worship God. Mm-hmm. You're saying they worship him because they've seen yeah. his glory. Yeah. And in you see that glory, you you can't help but worship. It's it's, it's the only response to it yeah. is to worship. Yeah. It's it's not, you're not forced to do it. We, you we can had choose a, not to, which is what the devil did, and the devil was the anointed cherub that covereth, so he watched over the most mm. glorious, and he chose not to worship. Mm-hmm. So it's possible to choose not to worship. Mm-hmm. However, the only response to this manner of glory is worship. Yeah, I think we we had a um, conversation before when we were talking about those who sin outside of grace, like how will they be judged? And we we're like, once you stand before God. It's almost like Isaiah where it's like, woe is me, for yeah, I am undone. Yeah. Like you recognize your you position it, yeah. in comparison to God. Yeah. And you're like, this is the God that stands before me. And you, even if you don't want to worship, <laughs> you will get into that place where you'll be like, mountains fall on me. Because that's, that's what Revelation say when like the people who hated God, when they saw him, were like, no, the mountains come and fall on me. Like hide me away from this presence. Yeah. And so I think it was last week when we were saying like, hell isn't necessarily like punishment it is a choice for those who are like i don't want to be in this presence um so yeah i I don't necessarily feel like it is forced worship and the reason that i i'm i have to say to some degree that the angels were able to choose not to worship which then would allude to them having the option Mm. of worship or not which might entail free will to some degree is that some of them chose not to worship. Some of them chose to go against him. Mm. Some of them chose to impregnate the, the daughters of men. Some mm. of them chose to go against the very nature of what God had, had put down for them. Mm. And the interesting thing is that yet they're still allowed in his presence. Yeah. For now anyways. Mm. So um, I don't know if they have free will in the, in the sense that we have it, but I know that they have the option whether to worship or not, mm. even in the presence of God. Mm. And... Some have chosen not to, to their own detriment, and some are choosing to continue to, um, which I feel will be a natural response for everyone who knows him, that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Whether you do that cheerfully or whether you do that begrudgingly, that's that's down, well, if you believe in the election, it's not necessarily down to you. But, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. Um, maybe to add a little bit onto it I, I'd say um, reprogramming Satan as you described yes. would allude to removing his free will or removing his option to mm. do anything and I think um, in addressing him in that same block of text that refers to him as the anointed cherub that covereth he was also said um, iniquity was found in you so I think it was it was our pride was found in you I can't mm. remember exactly I think you can't if if God was to do that he is he is by virtue destroying you know delete control delete and then we rewriting this person mm. or rewriting this angel debugging which which defeats the purpose of mm. giving them you know free reign of yeah. your existence so. and I feel to add to that as well in in like reprogramming almost the next step is just wipe out evil evil from the world yeah yeah um but isn't that what he's gonna eventually do anyway when he wipes out evil from the world it's not a reset button it's fire like fire and brimstone gnashing of teeth where the fire is not quenched and the worms never die Mm. and it's not necessarily wiping it off but it's retribution 
for going against the holy God. And so in him, like resetting the world, he is given just punishment to those who have chosen to go against him. And so, and that punishment includes the devil. Yeah. So that might be his reset button, burn for eternity. Oh. So yeah, I feel like if we, if he was to just change, like press a switch and then change things from, on, in, from the devil's perspective, people then argue, why not just do that for us? If you can do that for the first one who like led us all into sin, why not just do that for all of us? Okay. Cool. Do you have a question for me, darling? Uh, what was sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. You don't have to if you don't have one. I said that so quick. Yeah. Has everyone done their questions already? Yeah. Uh, what were your questions? So Peter asked. Um, I forgot. No. So the, there's been stories of redemption following the biblical narrative but from different cultural perspectives before um jesus actually mm-hmm. came and so people are like it's just a fabrication of those stories yeah um and robert just asked if the devil or satan or whatever lucifer the devil um <laughs> same guy if angels have free will to worship or not and like if god could just like reset the evil tendency that was in satan's heart to just be good okay cool um my question is how how do you have faith and works without becoming a Pharisee? Ooh. You can you can use your mic, you can use your mic. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And the reason why that's even better, it's it's almost like you've been reading my study notes. I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I just I just did a little study on James a couple of days ago, and that I was I was really wrestling with that. But I don't really think that I have um, gone all the way through it yet. But um, I think so. Where where I got to, and feel free to call me a heretic, but where I've gotten to um, is that salvation is a hope. Our relationship with God is a hope. Okay. It's a hope. It, it, it is a... Um, it is something that... Yeah. It, it, how do you, how would you define hope? A confident expectation of good. Hey. Come off on. the dome. Come on. <laughs> Repeat that again, please. A confident expectation of good. A confident expectation of good. So our, our salvation is a hope where it's like... It's an expectation of good found in Jesus. Mm. And our faith grounds that hope. The more we get to know God, the more we get to interact with him, it grounds that hope even more. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Bible does kind of point towards things or manifestations of that grace in which we maybe have assurance of that hope. Mm. Um, but in Hebrews, we read that faith is the assurance of things hopeful. Right. And our hope is that in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we are now seen as righteous before God in him. Mm-hmm. That is our hope. Right. And so our salvation is a hope. Mm. Our relationship with God is built on hope. And the more that we spend time with him, the more that that hope finds weight in our faith. Our faith gra- grounds it. Yep. Now, in coming to your question in terms of not leaning necessarily towards becoming a Pharisee, is remembering that one, it is a hope, and two, it's grounded in faith. And in that, it's grounded in the faith of who God is, mm-hmm. not on what we can do. Right. It's not on what it's not on what we can achieve through our studies, through anything, but rather primarily grounded in the finished work of Jesus and mm. grounded in the assurance that God will honour that and mm. honour us in him. So you said you've been reading James, right? Yeah. I feel I just entangled myself. <laughs> in, in I mean, yeah. so, so, okay, so it says faith without works is dead. dead. Yeah. And that, so, but then we're not, we're trying to avoid having a workspace. Yeah, salvation. salvation. Mm. So how do you find balance? Like, what is, how do you know when you've, you've found that? Like, you've mm. got faith 
and work so you're not just saying oh mm. i've got faith and you're not doing nothing mm. but you're not doing like things and then like focusing on yourself so much that it's not about faith like the confidence is in yeah. what you're doing i think the one the, the thing that i'd preface that question with my answer is um if you think you stand take heed lest you fall mm. so if you think you found the balance be careful <laughs> just in case you become pretentious and you think you figured it out mm. because i believe that everything within the christian faith should be done in the spirit of being led by the spirit mm. rather than thinking I figured out the spirit mm. rather than I figured out the the formula or whatever mm. but being like no I need to be led by the spirit which then puts us in a position of I need to be submitted onto something beyond me mm. I need to be submitted onto something that supersedes me and directs me to do things that I might not like at times and recognizing that my works isn't going to save me my works is only a reaction to what I believe inside if I believe that God can heal the sick if I believe that God can heal the sick mm. but I don't pray for you mm. that is a lack of faith mm. It might be, the lack of faith might be because I'm in an environment where I don't feel it's going to be accepted, blah, blah. There may be conditions around it. Mm. But if I believe that God can heal you, that faith should lead me to pray for you mm. and should lead me to be like, I believe that God can heal you. So mm. I'm going to pray for you. Now, whether that healing is manifested right now or not, I believe that God can. Um, so I believe that faith should be a catalyst for what we, what, for what we should do but not necessarily what we should do then being a cat. Uh, uh, God does say, obey my commandments and you know that I love you. Mm. So it isn't sit in a room until you feel my love and then go obey my commandments. But mm. as you obey, you will know my love. Yeah. Um, so but sometimes in stepping out to do what you believe God has done, even when you're unsure, mm. that's when your faith is built up. So in, in the case of Gideon, as Peter likes to mention, where he was fearful and so yeah. he kept on like trying to do things in the night. Yeah. And then once he overheard the dream from the other camp, he was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Let me go do what God has called me to do. So sometimes yeah. stepping up builds your faith and then you do it. Yeah. But it's very much from a position of your faith, your, your works isn't going to save you. Yeah. But your faith in doing what God has called you to do or you believe God has called you to do or you live in how you believe God is leading you to live regardless of the outcome, is what's going to save you. So like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were put into the fire. And they were like, even if he doesn't save us, we're still going to worship him. Yeah. Okay, so... Without faith, it's impossible to please God. <laughs> yes. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Go in there. Yeah. I just want to... I just tried to, to, to grasp thing all I love, it, right? One thing I like about James's question is she like probes you so without so, <laughs> so without faith it's impossible to please god yeah mm. but faith without works is dead mm -hmm. but we have to rely on the spirit in order to understand what we need to do mm -hmm. to build our faith mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just trying to summarize yeah. i don't know why you look so suspicious cool so do you have a personal story that you can share that you think illustrates Bruh. that sentiment in your life this this whole marriage um, wow no 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 for, for, for not, not that the marriage has been tested you just dropped <laughs> our whole marriage on the line like guys f most of you well people who listen to this you know me personally might know the story but like getting married was very much a test of faith where it was like I believe that God was leading me down this road both you better believe it <laughs> both families didn't believe that God was sending us down this path mm. and so there was real contention from the family's part but it wasn't just me believing that God had sent me, sent me down this path it would have been awkward mm. God had sent me to marry you I don't believe you well I'm marrying you anyways <laughs> Um, but my wife believed and we both held on to the understanding that God is, this is something where God is leading us into. Mm. And we like didn't have the finances to get married, but we felt like God was saying, this is the day you're going to get married. And so we moved forward mm. in faith, just trusting that God is going to provide. 
and the doors just kept on opening. Like God was making way financially for us to do like just opening blessing after blessing. We even got like a wedding photographer for 150 pounds who did a good job. Yeah. Don't know. And, and I have to stress, did a good job. Yeah. The favor of the Lord. And so, and now we went back to her to recommend somebody else who was charging like 100% more. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like, as we stepped out in faith, God made the provision, God, um, God opened the doors and stuff. It's like, we had the hope that God has spoken to us. And as we stepped out, the faith just kept on building and kept on building. We're like, yes, God mm. is definitely in this. God is in this. And yeah. Um, and so it's it's been quite consistent. And I say that generally because we don't have time and I don't really want no, to that's share fine. everything. Cool. I hope listeners that was illuminating. Because <laughs> I think sometimes we get stuck on like, oh, Abraham had faith and like he almost slayed his, his son, but mm. he didn't. And Moses had, like, we have these stories, these but then it's like, stories. on a day-to-day individual basis, what does it look like? Mm. Do you know what? Le- yeah, I, I really like that. And I think I was just, I'm just being prompted to share, like, one thing that might seem trivial. So one time, so in the job that I'm in currently, and my, do you see the um, hookup? He turns to Robert. Yeah, I turn to And you gives him eye contact. Um, uh, yeah, Perry's. It was actually my vicar. So he's, he's been paying attention. Mm. I'm still going to talk reckless. So basically, <laughs> um, the, the job that I'm in currently was one that I believe God was leading me into. Mm. Now, ev- I still believe it. Um, do you know what? Devilish question is that? <laughs> After everything that I have been through and how much growth I've seen, I have no doubt that God led me into this. Mm. Um, and I have no doubt that God has been sustaining all of us through this. Um, so very early on so this job came with a dramatic pay decrease um, and very early on our account was like depleted overdraft depleted and I had like five pounds left in my account and I had to get into work real life I had to get into work and I was like I can call in sick but I felt God saying no go in so I was like just to state, five pounds is not enough for him to complete his journey to work and back. Yeah, like that. Mm. And it's like, I live in South, work is in North. The walk, or however I'm going to get home, will be <laughs> mud. <laughs> the walk. Like, it will be mud. Mm. So, I go in, and these times I was struggling if I didn't want, I didn't like sharing my issues. I didn't mm. like sharing my problems with people. And, but I felt God saying, no, nah, tell, tell my line manager. So I shared it with my line manager and I was just like, bro, my last five pounds, like I came into work, there's, I don't know how I'm getting home. My line manager wanted to go to the shop. So cool, we just went to the shop. Guy just went to the cash point and took out 50 pounds and gave it to me. Mm. And it, it, it was like, I know that he wasn't flush himself. Mm. But in that moment, I felt God saying, step out and I'll provide for you. Mm-hmm. And so just going into work on my last five pounds and coming back with 50 pounds in my hands mm-hmm. was very much like... And he said he will multiply. Come on. By 10. 100%. What was mm-hmm. that? 10, no, 100%. No, it's fine. It's, t- it's mm-hmm. 10. That's true, actually. From five pounds to 50 pounds. It's increased by... Okay. I think it's by... It's tenfold. That's all we need to know. Yeah, tenfold. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Let's so... <laughs> so, um... Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> when, the wi- when wife brings in... This if it's in your hand, that's 10 pounds. Yeah, that's 10 pounds. But okay. it's... it's okay. So it is a thousand pounds. It is a thousand percent. A thousand percent. It'll be... Yes, it is. It is a thousand percent. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. It's tenfold, people, yeah? So, yeah, it's like... God provided. And that, mm. that was a tangible thing that doesn't seem is not as equal to kill your baby kind of it's all you have it's all you have so uh, yeah um, cool yeah thank you good okay. questions I like it I'll pass the microphones mics around mics around alright so we recorded an episode but it got cut out halfway so that it didn't get cut out halfway it got cut out as we were ending 
Oh, we're, we're up to the end. We were at like 45 minutes. Oh, we got to the end of the road. Yeah. So, so I can't let... <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so we're not going to redo that episode. But um, I want to talk about something related, which I thought, which I thought was interesting. And uh-huh. so, as, um, bringing on something else that happened this week. So um, we're talking about Aisha Curry and her comments on, on the Red Table with Jada Pinkett Smith. Da, 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 da. We talked about that, had a good conversation about that. Um, and um, so Steph Curry came out and like defended his wife. Steph Curry came out, swear down. So childish. Well, you know, you do be handling them balls. I can't believe you said that. You be dribbling. Even if you can't focus, <laughs> go into the D. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow, done. wow, <laughs> all right, okay, all right. Yeah, so so he came out defending his wife, saying whatever, mm. as a husband should. Um, and then also this week, um, a fan favorite on the show, Israel Horton, was out defending his wife this week because she wore some. Some dress to some award show, All right, and okay. it was a bit, a bit revealing. It was, it was a beautiful dress, but a bit revealing. People were um, going at her saying, "If you're a Christian, you can't be wearing this kind of dress." <sighs> yeah. Um. Um. There was one. There was one come up which I thought was really funny. That said, that fam, we know he didn't marry her for her spiritual <laughs> spirituality. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Peter's out cold. Damn. But that's what we're here to talk about today. Thank God. Because you know, I was very impressed that he came out and defended his wife, as you should. Oh. As a mm. So I want to ask you guys, um, husbands and wife, mm. um, are there any situations where you think that you shouldn't defend your spouse in public? I've I've got a simple rule, right? So, spouse, brother, anything. You could be wrong as hell. We'll be wrong as hell outside. When we go home, we'll discuss it. I think you always, you always come to the defense of like your your spouse, and you you never leave them out to dry because you guys are one. And I think the same for family. John can be, or Sarah could be wrong as hell, and I will defend them outside. When we go home, we'll talk about it. So Note, that's that's my rule. Peter has more than two siblings. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's true. But not all siblings are siblings, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> anyway, man dug a deeper hole. <laughs> you just check the time. <laughs> Edit it. What about yourself, no, Moses? Yeah. No, that's my rule. Um, yeah, it's it's a similar thing to me, where it's like I will happily defend my wife's son I'm not quite sure about family my wife's son <laughs> <laughs> I'll happily defend my wife's son because it's like all my siblings are older than me alright so yeah. I almost see it as you need to have the common sense <laughs> but um, I think in the, the one thing that yeah in I know that Pia would almost allude to this as well but in defending them I wouldn't like make light of their error if they were mm, an error mm. so i would address that error with them um and the but would you do that in public not then? in public yeah. i wouldn't do that in public yeah. so what was something reckless yeah what was something i'll i'll, I'll still back it i'll still <laughs> gems I'll, I'll back it like family wise i think i'll back it um and then be like but did you think that was a good thing to do afterwards and then kind of go through the thought process because i think like for my wife like in a heartbeat, I would def- I would defend mm. absolute heartbeat. I would defend it. Um, Leia, absolutely. What? Nah, she's four. Fam, getting the <laughs> knee to your throat. Like no. <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, I mean, we've we've sort of had a similar conversation before where I was talking about um, being willing to take a beating for you. You're going into a fight knowing that you're going to get beaten up mm. in honor, in, in defense mm-hmm. of your wife's honor and me being willing to do that anyway. And I think it's the same sort of dynamic. Yeah. 
my, uh, Kevin Hart has a bit about um, being a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. And his wife went to go and pick up a fight. It's like, you're going to have to handle that. Handle that by yourself. I'll drive you home. We can talk about it afterwards. But that's you. <laughs> he saw the guy, so he was going to get beaten up. But like, yeah, I think that yeah. twisted sense of 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 honor and justice is just like, I'll take that beating. Yeah. I know I'll lose it. I'll take that beating. Yeah. yeah. I think like... You better, um, not, you better not say anything about it. <laughs> but yeah. And I think... <laughs> Oh, this this small fights you couldn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight you. I'll fight you. <laughs> but I th- I think as well one one thing that I've noticed about myself is that on a general basis, I hold people close to me to a high standard, mm. and I think my wife will, will agree to that. Where it's almost like I will challenge the reasoning behind you doing stuff and and i even hold christians to a high standard because i'm like if you go around claiming to be this mm. your actions don't display this jem said that the the dress the dress i don't think you should is it was pretty revealing in in terms of like her whole cleavage is out and it's like almost see-through and there's a split up her thigh yeah. and she walk and she walks out holding the split open i mean Is it i just say no but i don't think that's the point i yeah. think i think the point is that um if you are a woman pertaining to godliness <laughs> that you should dress appropriately yeah that so, doesn't mean that so, you can't look good so anyone else wearing that dress they're in sin so we expect them to live according to their self that's 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 what i mean like it's (laughs) it's a presumption then that anyone else wearing that cannot be christian or, or is not christian no it's not about whether we are saying that you're not christian because there's plenty girls in church on a Sunday that are wearing inappropriate garments. Yeah. <laughs> what we're saying is You are Israel Hutton's wife. No, Houghton. it's not Houghton. even about that. If Houghton. she if Houghton. she was Houghton. um Ho Ho <laughs> You guys need to relax. Hey. He's gonna come and defend Ay. He's gonna come and defend his wife, sing you guys to sleep. I think sometimes like we ain't got the money for a lawsuit. Hey <laughs> Like for example, there were times when I was younger and I used to be on the choir at church yeah and so we have to stand on the stage at the front and we also have to sit on the stage back in the back in them days when we had a stage because we don't now um and there's times where my grandma would come up to me afterwards and say your skirt's too short and she explained to me that if you were sitting in the congregation it wouldn't look as bad but you're above everybody your skirt is at your knees, but when you sit down, it's rising above your knees and everybody can see everything because you're, you're, you're where you're sitting. And so I think like you have to be aware of what your clothes are saying about you. And there's no, like if you're blessed, yeah? If you're curvaceous and voluptuous, mm. yeah? Amen. It doesn't matter what you wear. Your body is going to be popping because popping. it just will come up. You could put on- That's not true, sorry. That's hey. not true. That's not true. Let me see what some of these people are wearing. No, but what I'm saying is, if <laughs> you wear a turtleneck and it looks seductive, it will look so sexy. Do you I remember when it. um, no. No. who who was it? You know the the Mary Mary group. Yeah. One of them came out with her her debut album, and she was wearing a white dress, and it was tight, but she was covered. I don't know. But, I know but there was the Christian, like the whole. Christian Twitter, I was like, oh my gosh, like she shouldn't be wearing that. Da, 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 da. But in that, she she wasn't showing anything. It was just a the the dress was fitted, so you could see her shape. And it's like, well, that's her shape in it. But this particular dress, everything is out of the dress. Mm. It's not in the dress. It's out of the dress. See, my 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 question and the question on my mind is, what would Christ's response if he was here have been? He would be writing in the sand. Sorry, he would be writing in the sand. But when he was writing in the sand, he was writing to those that were accusing. Exactly. So, so who who would he be writing to? Us that are saying she shouldn't be wearing. You caught. You showed. You slowed down. So how into to her? I was like, just draw the picture. Like just answer the question. I was like, nope. You know, would that would that one have been to us who are calling it out? 
um, saying, you know, writing an answer, or would it be to her? I think the intention of, because Jesus did say to the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. So he didn't necessarily, he did pardon the condemnation of the sin, but he didn't overlook the act itself. Yeah. He addressed it. And I think there's a difference between calling her out and being like a shower or whatever. And there's a difference in calling her out and saying like, remember the position you're now you're now standing or where you or you now hold is that our place like but, but the thing is because I, I don't know her and i don't know if my voice reach her maybe the people around her should say something to her and it's which like, maybe they have maybe they there's, there's, have, there's, a dan- there's a danger in which we we might fall into like policing clothes mm. where it gets very sticky when we do that but there's mm-hmm. a there's a especially when guys do it and plus it's like <laughs> and plus it's, it's very easy basically for, shut your podcast <laughs> off don't talk about women's clothes no I just say it it's very easy for us to police a woman's clothes mm. we don't do it we don't do it as readily to guys yeah which is a unless standard. you guys think he well, looks no, gay I do yeah yeah when you, you lot think someone looks gay you want to be <laughs> super tight why jeans. is this jeans so tight why <laughs> is this <laughs> <in the neck>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I feel like you're, you're sending for John, you know? I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I do it with John at home. So, so But then I think when you guys police other guys' clothes, it's to emasculate them. It's not because you think they look se- sexy to other women. It's because you think <laughs> they, they look, look homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> that will be, be another issue. Um, but yeah, I, I feel mm. like... When when we dress like the conventional, the conventional wisdom, the conventional wisdom when we dress is, is to do so in a manner that affirms what we believe. Okay. And so yes, we may believe that Jesus has given us liberty to be able to live, mm. but Paul says. All things are lawful, but not all things benefit. Mm. All things are permissible, but not all things uh, edify. And it's just, these are certain guidelines where it's just like, yes, you can dress like this, and clearly you have. (laughs) Mm. But is it beneficial? Mm. Not just for you, because you're like, oh yeah, but I just want to be, but is it beneficial for those around you? Your life is not your own. Mm. But you're you are a part of a body now, and so there are consequences to those are not consequences, but that like your actions affect others. Others, yeah. and I'm not necessarily sorry, I'm not necessarily saying that we shouldn't challenge the lustful preconceptions of those who are looking at you, mm. and so it isn't just on you to be able to curb the lust in other people because mm. you can't do that. Mm. But there is the notion in which there's the reality in which you can either aid to it. Or you can be at, not aid to it, but it's like because some guys would lust even if you're wearing like the Muslim outfits, just yeah. head top to toe, yeah. burka, mm. head wrapped up, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just is what you're wearing a reflection of what you believe? Mm. Yeah. Okay, having said that, can I quickly uh, read Israel's response? Yes, to this. Oh, they are excited out there. Are they fighting? Sorry, guys, we're in South London. Go on, end. It's deep south. I am. Man, them coming on pushbacks. Oh. Man just dropped his pushback. I fall running. Hey. I want to go get ice cream and stand outside. Man, got a Cornetto bar. <laughs> this, is, this is what I was asking about the black version of Chaps. <laughs> Man came to my ends and started asking about Chavs. Can you hear the fight? No idea. One person just dashed his back to run in. Yeah. Yeah, gonna edit that out. <laughs> All the overwhelming. Alright, <laughs> right, so here's so here's what Israel said about about the dress. So it's like one of the comments about his wife. Um as her man, may I encourage you to sweep around your own front door? <laughs> Hey, that's an African proverb. That is, you know. (laughs) My name is Israel Houghton, or Houghton, or whatever his name is, and I approve this um, amazing masterpiece dress. I'm sure you mean well, but I'm sure you must have better things to do with your time and life than criticize someone you don't know because they're married to someone you also don't know. 
<laughs> God bless you as you go work on, on you. We'll work on us. So in light of the conversation that we just had about the way, like, as a Christian, you're better. Hmm. Do you think that his, his response was the right response to give publicly? Defend your woman, isn't it? I think, <laughs> I think, I think that's, that, that was just hella passive aggressive. It was quite passive aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was hella passive aggressive. So I, it's like, obviously it can be quite frustrating Mm. in hearing people slander your wife how she dressed due to a perceived notion of faith and blah 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 and like because of who she's married to and so even like with Aisha people talking about her because of who she's married to and stuff like that Mm. Um, and so you're getting more of a backlash because of who you're married to and you're not seen as you you're Mm. seen as my man's wife Mm. but I think and this 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 is the the difference between if I can find Steph Curry's response actually, I think I think it would be good to show a contrast mm. of how two different people within the faith right. have responded. This is bad, you know. Alright. Shout out to Steph Curry. Well whilst, whilst you're doing that, let yeah. me just quickly say I think you know, he he's defending his wife and for her to leave the house as she did, um, in in that dress. You know, to go back to my African roots, for her to leave the house as she did in that dress, he has to say he approved of it because you know she. You, you didn't nah, say anything. I don't think so. Well, he, he if well, even if he doesn't have to, he by virtue of if I'm taking his statement for what he it is, he approved of it, so that's fine. And if he approved of it, then it's good for them. To be honest, I feel like he doesn't wear the trousers in that relationship. Sorry, I don't think he wears the trousers in that relationship. <laughs> I'm not even gonna ask why you think that. Oh, ask me. Why do you think that? <laughs> well, I think that... Was he cheating with her? Yes. All right. Oh, allegedly. Let me not say yes. Yeah. But I think that he knows that he's batting <laughs> above his weight. How <laughs> disrespectful. That's like... No, uh, no, no, definitely. Well, that's what... Well, I think it feels like that. Mm. And... um. What's that thing they say in um, Full Metal Alchemist about the exchange? Yeah, uh, equivalent equivalent exchange. exchange. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for her, her being with him is almost okay. like a bump up in her Christianity. Right. And in exchange, he gets a trophy wife. Damn. So I don't think that... <laughs> I wouldn't say exchange. it as much, but... Right. Okay, so this is Steph Curry's response. So he had a picture, he's got a picture of him and his wife and he's like, proud of you for being authentic and putting yourself out there not being afraid of the potential bs and nonsense that could and did come at you Mm. way more positive than negative with all of this keep being you i love you swish so he didn't necessarily address the people talking at her yeah his comments was directly towards her Mm. but obviously these are two different separate situations separate incidents and stuff like that but there's a sense in which the way he responded edified Mm. Rather than like the way the way Israel responded, they fired as well. Like, Sweeping t- fucked up t- the t- house. Yeah, you know, people would clean houses now. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. But uh, uh, as I said, it, it was a lot more passive aggressive. It was. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think I can understand his frustration. Mm. And I don't know what I would have done in his situation. But I don't think it, it reflected this position. Say it to my face. Yeah, he just showed me. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I just. I've got to a point now where I'm. I don't. Yeah. I just, you just let them sin. Is it? W- am I going to stop them? How, <laughs> is, is that my job? Am I the Holy Spirit? You see Peter's face. <laughs> so if your wife came out in that dress, hey. she wouldn't. No, no. She wouldn't. No, no. But if she did, she wouldn't though. If she did. She wouldn't. Do you no, not live in the same ra- house? Right, right now, yeah. I don't know if it's because she doesn't want to. Well, no. <laughs> or, again, again. Oh, it's coming from him. <laughs> we share we share similar values, so it would be. I thought no, you about saying no, we share let, dresses. Let's just say there was. <laughs> let, let's, let's just say that one day she was just feeling Fleaky. like an extra spice. Mm. That peri peri. Uh, look, uh, if she was at the end of the day, I can't, I can't rip the dress off you. Because that's, that's abuse, apparently. So, <laughs> so I can't rip the dress off you. So you could 
yeah, you can leave the house, but you won't leave with my approval. However, if this happened as well, would, would you still stand next to her? Yeah. Well, yeah what death. am I going to do? Am I going to divorce most her because she's wearing a dress? I no, don't no, agree. No, no, no. Or, or you go to the public. I told her not to go out like oh, that. No, I mean, no. no but, 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 but let's say you maybe going to like a wedding function. Yeah. And then, but then you you were going there separately because maybe you're coming from work. No, she dressed like he needs to go with her. I I, I would I would stand by her. Regard like outside, I would stand by her. Not to even present pretenses, but because this is my form of defending your honor or you know showing my support when we get home i would <coughs> express i wasn't happy with the dress or whatever and uh, yeah yeah but thankfully she wouldn't she wouldn't wear something like that so it's cool i mean you, you see that now <laughs> she wouldn't that's not that's not your style anyway <laughs> so Mo, if i bought a dress that you didn't like oh you, you I've, I've i've i'm vocal I'm vocal. I'm vocal. You know that already. Mm. <laughs> but do, this and we're me and Peter are of the same. Like our answer is almost the same. So it's like I won't shy away <clears throat> from telling my wife that I don't. I won't necessarily say I don't like the dress, but I'll be like, oh, it's too revealing, or blah blah blah. This and that. I'll be like, you can wear it at home. I'm, I'm more than happy for you to wear oh, this at yeah. home. Like, come on. We can we can we can put our daughter to bed early and that Shit. like <laughs> put on the dress to take it off. <laughs> I do what Peter couldn't do. I rip it off. Hey, <laughs> or keep it on. <laughs> Peter's trying to act all timid. Um, <laughs> did you see the devilish grin on his face? No timidness here. Um, yeah, like I I will express my dislike and I'll I'll share I'll like discuss. Um, go through but at the end of the day I will trust my wife's decision yeah. to wear it or not I'll tell her that I don't like it I'll tell her I think it's too revealing blah 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 and I have enough assurance that she will take it on board so whether it's like she's gonna wear tights with it or do whatever yeah. um, or there's gonna be like a long I don't know but it's like I trust that she will take it on board and she'll act accordingly. She might mm. she might not do anything, she might do something, but I trust her in order to say that I don't really like this dress for these reasons or whatever. Um, but the ball's in your court. Yeah. My thing is comfort over aesthetic anyway. So I'm more, like, are you comfortable? But yeah. You know, some, some people might argue that it's more comfortable being naked than wearing clothes. So. Then be naked then. Mm. That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Oh, um, hookups. Hookups. Um, who wants to go first? Can I go first? Yes, you can. Only because I've got a very complicated hookup. Okay. This is not paid. Let me say that out front. It's not a paid hookup. Well, maybe it should be paid before you give it. Not yet. Uh, well, okay. It's not a paid hookup, but if you guys use it, I get, <laughs> I get something. <laughs> So basically, man's giving that right like a coupon, like one of them U- Uber yeah, vouchers. Literally, stuff. literally. So basically, you know, you shared uh, popular surveys, yeah, and stuff like that. That got me thinking about this, like surveys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's, I found an app called Be My Eye. Um, uh, let me just check. Yeah, Be My Eye is it on iOS. I think it would be, yeah, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's exclusive to Android. All it is really is it allows you to do like mystery shopper jobs mm-hmm. or, um, you know, you go in and you check like that a certain product is on display sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and it does it like it creates missions and you go and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do it, because you are actually doing a job, you will get paid for it. Mm. So I did two jobs last week, um, maybe 30 minutes altogether. Mm. I did one in um, Waitrose mm-hmm. near my work and I did another one in Sainsbury's. Mm. Um, and I was just checking for... Um, in Waitrose, I was just checking for Benicol, mm. the yogurt, being displayed, where it was displayed, mm. how it was displayed, and taking pictures. £10.20 for 30 minutes of work. I <laughs> <laughs> now, so the thing is... I'm um, not putting your details into my... There is no catch. You, you go into shop. So I think you have to... I haven't... The money is there. I haven't collected it yet. So maybe I'm giving the option too early. But the reviews are... are you know, you get paid within the time, whatever. Okay. Um, but if you use my invitation code, then they send me one pound <laughs> for for referring. And I mean, it was something I would have referred for every transaction that the person does. No, 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 no. Oh. For joining, oh, okay. If you join and you complete your first, hey, they, need to, they should have done it for every transaction in a store. 
Yeah. So yeah, if you use uh, the code, then you go as a reference for me in it, and I get a pound. So if you want to give your if you want to give your boy a pound in it, you can do it. <laughs> if not, too, it's a good like just your spare time going to shop for fifteen minutes. I don't see why not, and it's you know you get some money back from it. So do you have to buy anything, or is it just no? You just have to go and then <laughs> like well, the same piece one was fairly hard because you have to go through the whole shop, and I had to look for um, a chewing gum thingy rack uh, rack yeah and then take pictures and send it to them so it took a it took 50 minutes or so but okay yeah. well that sounds like fun yeah yeah so be my eye um i'll put my code in there if you want my code is d zero g five x x d zero g five x x is the code uh, Are you gonna put it in the description? I'll put it in the description as well. <laughs> if you don't want to give me a pound, you can just go and get it and get some money, extra money on your random commutes. You should make it the title of the, of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> give Peter a pound. <laughs> yeah, but that's my hookup. Be my eye, just for extra little bit of money in that same vein of you know surveys and mm. doing stuff. Okay. The, oh, um, an update with Populous. So I've been in Populous. I got my first fifty pound check. Yeah, yeah, we saw that. Sheesh. I was so happy, and I got another fifty pounds. Another fifty pounds should be coming at the end of the month. So you see. Alright, is we talk after. We talk after. Okay, um, my hookup for this week is a Netflix documentary, um, Billy Graham: An Extraordinary Journey. Mm. Oh right, thank you. Yeah, God. it's like one hour. I thought about... you were going to give the Beyonce documentary. Oh no, no, no. I, I, I still need to watch that. I'm a single ladies. But I've heard really good things about Don. Yeah, but this Billy Graham one is just talking about just just like a brief overview of like Billy Graham's life, mm. and like just watching it, I was like so impressed about how he was able to, like no matter the situation, he was always able to direct everything back to the gospel, mm. and I thought that was really cool. And mm. he seemed to have lived like a really good life. Yeah, and like even with, with like like all the work that he did, um, he he said that he he still wasn't sure whether he'd, he'd get into heaven or not. Which I thought like, ah. Oh. You were you like filling out all these colour themes. Paul said the same thing. We, sh- we should we should have brought him into the into the Calvinistic doctrine. I'm mm. joking. <laughs> <laughs> that theological joke is cool. <laughs> well, that's my call. <laughs> uh, really great, and an extraordinary journey. Easy work. Um. So my hookup, it's gonna be a cheeky one. Um. We've plugged it before. My hookup is going to be the Echoes book from oh, yeah. Rice and Scribes. Um, yeah. My wife's presence reminded me of it. The Echoes book from Rice and Scribes. Um, so the books sell for £10 each. And every purchase goes towards a project that we're doing. It doesn't go into our pockets or into the pockets of the organization, but goes into projects that we're doing with um, homeless communities, youth projects, and women in prisons. Mm. So yeah, um, that's that's my hookup. The, you can get the book uh, from the Writers and Scribes website, which is writers with a Z, the letter N, scribes with a Z, dot org. Um, yeah, my hookup is a devotional on the Bible app called Unstoppable by Christine Kane. 12 days to run in the race you were born to win. Um, I'm currently on day nine and it's been illuminating and challenging. And I think everybody should do it. So there you go. Can you send that to me as well, please? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, shout out to Rude for the intro and outro music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary, amazing logo. You can find us at Twitter at the French UK. You can email us at tbsfurnacehotmail dot com. You can find us at soundcloud dot com forward slash the bless me little soundcloud dot com. What soundcloud.com forward slash the blacksmith's furnace, no apostrophe, on all good podcasting websites and apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and them things there. The blacksmith's furnace with no apostrophe. I think that's everything. That's everything. Any, is that it? Um, check out the 66. It's, 66. Not, it's not out this week, but it'll be out next week. Um, but there are videos, just search for T H E number six, number six, and it should take you to it on YouTube. Well, anyway, this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blah! Hadouken! <laughs>